Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites, and you know we really mean that. Today, we have a listener story from WHO in Des Moines, our great iHeart Station 1040. Laura Sangster had a tough childhood and a very tough first marriage. But then she met her husband, Fred. Here's Laura sharing her story. I was married 40 years. I found out after five years of marriage that he had sexual addictions and he was living 
had another life, 38 years out of the 40. I didn't want God to be mad at me, so I didn't want divorce. My kids, everybody wanted me. I mean, it, it was awful. And I, I just thought I was so scared. My health was going down. I did lay counseling. My counselor, he said, no, the Lord does not want you to be living like this anymore. So I worked for a law firm. Everybody knew who he was and what he was doing. After I decided to divorce, they were just so elated. They put a party on and they said, you need to find somebody that cares about you. <laughs> so five years later, they wanted me to do eHarmony. They were all on eHarmony. Some of them were engaged and it, you know, it was like, you gotta do this. Well, I filled out the application after a lot of pressuring and then Fred's name came up. Anyway, we started talking. You know, you talk first and they email questions back and forth. First name and no email, nothing. So it's, it's quite a process that you go through. Then when you feel like you're ready to just say, hey, I, I, I can give them my phone number or my email address, then you can do that. So after about, oh, I would say probably two or three months, we just really knew a lot about each other. We met 1st of January for the first time in person. He came to Minnesota because he had meetings there. It was like we had known each other for years and he's, he came by the table and stood up and he just stood there and I thought, who is this? And he said, Laura? And I said, yes. And he said, I'm Fred. We sat there for five hours and then we sat on the parking lot and then um, the next day his one meeting was canceled. He says, are you gonna be available? And I did and it was just like, that's why I call my prince and I always have because it was like, it was just a Cinderella story. And, and we just knew, I mean, there was no doubt. And I had no intentions of ever getting married again. But he treated me such a gentleman and such a wonderful Christian man. It, it, it was just like, God just put him in my, I really believe that God really put him in my life. Uh, when he asked me to marry him <laughs> in February, I thought, you know, I told him right out. I said, you know what? I need to pray about this. And I said, I don't want to talk to you or any connection during this time. Because I said, I, I really need to pray to God that this is what he wants me to do. And I thought, well, if he finds somebody else, that's fine. It wasn't meant to be. That's the way I thought about it. And people couldn't believe I did that. My heart tells me I need to do that. So I did. And it was two weeks actually to the day that I told him. And I prayed and prayed and everything, no connection. And then one morning I woke up, got to work, and it just said, you need to call him now and say you would like to go out with him again. I did. So it just all went from there. We wrote our vows together. It says, our promises to each other. First and most importantly, God will be the center focus of our relationship with each other. I want you to know that I will always make prayer the foremost in any given situation 
and our day will start and end with prayer. I want to be someone who reminds you every single day how much you're loved. I want to be someone who fills each day of our marriage with happiness and beautiful memories with you. I want to be someone you can trust and share with absolutely everything along the pathway of our life's journey together. I want to be the one person you know who can always turn to, someone you can laugh and cry with. But most importantly, I just want you to be able to be yourself. I want to sit next to you, hold you, walk with you, and share our innermost thoughts. These are my promises to you. Both of us were on the same track. That's where it started. And then our we had beautiful trips. We, we just had it, it just a beautiful life. And then I noticed one day that he just like stood in the room, middle of the room, and just was like, just puzzled, like, didn't know where he was or whatever. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? Anyway, I noticed little things here and there. And his mom passed away of Alzheimer. Then we had him evaluated. This was in 2014, I think. He was diagnosed with Alzheimer. And you've been listening to Laura Sangster tell her story about a dreadful first marriage, liberation through a divorce, and ultimately finding Fred. Those vows, they were just so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Ours weren't as good. I wish, I wish we'd spent more time on ours and were as thoughtful. By the way, I met my bride on the internet as well on Match.com. Third couple to ever be married on Match.com. And we're really proud of that. And uh, I knew it when I met her. Uh, that was my person. That was my soulmate. And clearly, Laura knew Fred was the person for her for the rest of her life. When we come back, more of this story and what happens next as Alzheimer's beckons. This is Our American Stories. if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue with our American stories. We've been listening to Laura Sangster, a listener from WHO in Des Moines, Iowa. She's been sharing the ups and downs of life, which brought her to this point in her life, which, of course, as you heard before, was an Alzheimer's diagnosis for her husband and in the end for her. Let's go back to Laura. I tried taking care of him at home and I, I was a wreck. I couldn't do it anymore. And three years ago, my doctor looked at me and says, it's either you or him. So I had to put him in a facility 
and he was it was really hard I've been in uh, a lot of caregiver groups I got him in involved right away just to keep his mind going there's a lot of neat places Alzheimer's Association has places everywhere every state and there's groups that they zone into what they can still do and give them encouragement and that's what I would just say is find a caregiver group right away find out all the information all the steps because it helps prepare you if you don't look into that and get the support from that end it's awful it's awful and and I was right away with him and I think that kept him going longer than he would have been because I kind of kept him in with people that were like him and it was so important because he didn't feel like he was different then and that is so important that is so important because people don't understand I had we had lots of friends Fred had friends for 75 years and um, we had a church family, we had Bible studies, we did social things all the time. And we're your family, we're here. I mean, these are long years, friends. Anyway, after he was diagnosed, everybody fell off the face of the earth. Totally, they're gone. And one pastor told me, he says, well, they just don't know what to say or do. And I said, no, that's wrong. That's when you need your family. I, it was hard. So I tried for a few years with everybody and I just thought, I, I don't have the energies to do this anymore. It's not worth it. You might know what to say, but you can say, hey, I've been thinking about you. So get connected right away and learn. They have great support groups, great support groups for both. You go to meetings with both and, that, and Fred and I did. And then you have your own caregiving groups. But now to this day, he doesn't know who I am. He knows I'm special, you know, but he's content in his world. And uh, that's been real hard for me. And it was our anniversary on July 5th. And I'm going to cry. These words came to me. It says, remembering for both of us. I just sat down by my computer and I wrote this in 10 minutes. It just flowed out of me. It says, memories are unforgettable and I only wish I could say to you, remember when. But I know you can't, so I will remember for us both. I talk to you about the past, hoping that it triggers some memory of our past. But in reality, I know in my heart that I will need to remember for us both. When I say I love you so much, you in turn tell me that's nice. My hugs seem a mystery to you. Your eyes speak, why are you hugging me? And you receive it with no response with a hug back. I miss those hugs. You were the best hugger of all. And I always, with saying, I love you, my PJ. A name you gave me at our wedding, which means precious jewel. And I called you my prince, like in Cinderella. But now I only can rest in my heart those expressions of our love and knowing I will remember for us both. Memories are never forgotten deep down inside you 
I know they are there in your heart. When we talk about God, your eyes shine. That makes me teary-eyed because I know you are aware that he is with you. I will forever keep the memories for us both. And that just flowed. And it's like, thank you, Lord, because I needed that. It, something told me to just sit down and just pour it out. And one main thing I want to say, don't let the little things get in the way. Because you're going to have differences. You're going to have little things that are happening all the time. But that's what I try to tell people, married people, and even older people. I said, you know, the little things don't matter. Because... What look what with Fred? I never even dawned that this was going to happen. And if we would have harbored on the bad stuff, we would have not even had a beautiful marriage like we did. But it was beautiful. And and we would talk. We would definitely talk about it if something was wrong. We would talk right away. Very rarely did we have any problem at all. Even when I took care of him for five years uh, when he got bad. We still had good moments and precious moments. And even when he went in, I could take him, but I can't take him out anymore. I'm much stronger than I ever have been because I see he has planted people in my pathway. He's helped me to find a good place for Fred. All I want to do is inspire people. No matter how hard things can get, you just got to trust. There's a reason for, and the Lord will put those people in your pathway when you need them. My oldest son is 53. He's in a nursing home right now, and he has, it's called Whitmore's disease. And it's not, it's foreign to the U.S. It's only in tropical areas and maybe Puerto Rico. They don't know how he contracted. You only can get it through contaminated water or soil. What it does is it destroys. He's got permanent brain damage, kidney damage, liver damage. And then my other son is MS. And our girlfriend, I have 53 years. We're very, very close like sisters. She ended up having in the hospital the same time I was there. She's got dementia. So I do have a load. I look at everything and it doesn't bother me to the point of just saying, why, Lord? I never ask why. Just give me the strength to be able to be there however I can. I taught them or her family how to speak to Alzheimer. I'm looking at it that the Lord has planted me in these situations. That's the way I live. I, I look at it and say, I don't like it. I need a break. But he has put me in positions to be able to help. And, and that... That's how, that's how I comfort myself. And like I said, I don't like it, but I only have two alternatives, either to be really upset or, you know, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that, that's, that's where I'm at. I have my days, believe me. And not that I don't sit and cry sometimes, not that I don't, you know, I mean, it, it's normal, and I think it's good. It's like a pressure cooker. You've got to let some of the steam out, and it's okay. 
It's okay to cry. And that's what they, they, they kind of help you with too is when I first went to caregiver, it's okay to cry. It's, it's okay to say what you're feeling and you know, cause it does, it, it really helps you make stronger, be stronger. And a beautiful piece, a sad piece, but a real piece. So many millions of people living with Alzheimer's and it's tough. But hearing this voice, well, this voice of affirmation and hope even within it all. And a special thanks to Faith and Robbie and Madison for their work on the piece and their collaboration. Laura Sangster's story, the story of how she lives with Alzheimer's. I need to remember for us both, she said. He doesn't know who I am. He's content in his world. Again, the story of Laura Sangster, a listener's story, a beauty, here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Our American Stories. And up next, a story from one of our regular contributors, who also happens to be a lawyer, Bill Bright. Some people don't have the highest view of lawyers. Well, lots of people don't. But not every lawyer is an ambulance chaser. Let's listen to Bill Bright. I understand I'm the only active practicing lawyer in rural Antrim, New Hampshire. That may make me the best lawyer in a one-lawyer town. I was writing one Saturday morning when a neighbor telephoned with a problem. Her 17-year-old daughter had received a speeding ticket a little after 3 p.m. on December 4, 2017. She'd been driving a friend to a medical appointment in Concord, New Hampshire. She was more concerned for her passenger than the speed limit. She didn't notice the speed limit had dropped from 65 to 50. She was barreling along at 75 anyway. She was stopped in Henniker, a small town on Route 202, the main road between Antrim and Concord. The traffic stop was just bad luck. An acquaintance that lives in my town is a self-confessed leadfoot. Antrim's constabulary had stopped him twice during the last two years. Each time he was cautioned to slow down and sent on his way without a ticket. The Henniker police apparently exercised their discretion differently. She paid the fine. There were two things she didn't know about New Hampshire traffic law, which I too didn't know until it became my business to know. First, paying the fine is an admission of guilt. Game over. Second, drivers under the age of 20 who plead guilty to a traffic violation risk a 20-day suspension of their licenses. The daughter had received a notice of hearing from the New Hampshire Department of Safety's Bureau of Hearings. Her parents sent me a PDF of the notice. Email and PDF images are good things. And I began reviewing the relevant statutes and the Bureau's rules of procedure. If she defaulted, didn't show up, her license would be suspended for 20 days. If she appeared, she could present evidence in mitigation of penalty. The notice of hearing and the legal materials agreed that a respondent may make a plea in mitigation of penalty in her case, by presenting evidence of an otherwise spotless driving record and the effects of a suspension on her education and employment. Her parents emailed me more documents. Their daughter's in her senior year of high school with a 3.5 index and an internship she's working for college credit. She's been accepted to six colleges in New Hampshire and Massachusetts and has applications out to as many more outside the Granite State. She drives to school and the internship she also drives to outstate colleges for interviews as part of the application process. All these things are important, both now and in her future. Both parents work. 
Suspending her license would inconvenience the entire family. So I took the case. Learning a new area of law is part of the lawyer's trade. I'd spent eight years prosecuting employee disciplinary cases before administrative law judges. I'd presided over a couple of dozen proceedings as a hearing officer. I've represented hundreds of clients at bankruptcy hearings. This kind of work wasn't wholly unfamiliar, but a few years had gone by since my last trial and I'd never been counsel for the defense. I was retained on Saturday. The hearing was on Wednesday. Time to work. Preparation is everything at a trial. On Sunday after Mass, I drove through Henniker along Route 202 from border to border to see whether any of the signage was defective. It wasn't. Still, the lawyer should always go to the scene of the incident to see for himself. I was finishing my draft direct examination when Mr. Boo entered the room. More formally known as Bolingbroke, our shy, gentle, and affectionate feral tabby began weaving about my ankles and mewing when he thought I wasn't paying him enough attention. I had work to do. I walked from my office. Mr. Boo followed. Once far enough down the hall, I doubled back and closed the door. My client's parents would pay me not to pay attention to Mr. Boo for a few days. Their fee will keep me in whiskey and cigars, and cat food, too. My client initially wanted to default. But on learning I'd done some work, she asked her father to bring her to my office so we might talk about it. I told her that though her parents were paying my fee, she was my client, not them. I'd execute her instructions. I had an ethical duty to do that. I couldn't guarantee success. If she didn't want to defend the case, I'd do everything I could to expedite the suspension and return of her license. We talked for a bit about her hopes and dreams of majoring in art and becoming a painter and sculptor. Then we went through my draft direct examination. I explained my reasons for asking each question, elicited her answers, and suggested appropriate and truthful responses. James Fenimore Cooper called this practice horse-shedding the witness. The phrase stemmed from the observation of attorneys who rehearsed their witnesses in carriage sheds near the courthouse in White Plains, New York. Any resemblance to an excremental phrase was probably intentional. To me, this is legitimate witness preparation. The best client is one empowered with an understanding of the process. They become more comfortable despite a stressful situation once they understand how best to testify truthfully before they take the stand. We knew she'd already pled guilty to speeding by paying the ticket. Her arguments in medication of penalty were strong great grades, a job, and acceptances to good colleges. At the end of the conversation, I asked her to talk about this with her father, left the room, gave them five minutes, and returned to find that she'd changed her mind. She wanted to fight, though understanding she might lose. Until then, I hadn't expressed an opinion on whether to fight. That had to be her decision without pressure from me. Now I told her that she'd made the correct decision. Better to fight than just rule over. I quoted Pascal, God does not require us to succeed. He requires us to try. On Wednesday morning, I drove to my client's house and her parents drove us to the Bureau of Hearings in Concord. We went over the questions again. She admitted nervousness, but felt less nervous than before. We were second on the calendar. The hearing examiner was a pleasant, good-looking man of about 35. He was warm and friendly without being familiar. 
He started on time at 9 a.m. and explained the process in clear, simple terms. He conducted the first hearing. Then he called my client's case. We went up to counsel's table. I began my direct examination. She explained why she was driving to Concord, taking a friend to a doctor. I introduced a copy of the traffic summons into evidence and moved to dismiss the state's case because of a flaw on the ticket's face. The examiner was interested by my argument, but denied the motion. I then brought in her transcript and asked about her extracurriculars. Her answers made clear that a suspension would interfere with her education and extracurriculars and affect her parents, who would then have to transport her to and from school. We're in rural New Hampshire. Our regional high school is about 20 miles away by car. There's no public transportation unless one counts a shabby school bus with some rowdy, unpleasant student riders. I was about to bring in the evidence of her internship, no money but college credit, when the examiner smiled. He waved his hand warmly saying, I've heard enough. Don't keep talking when you've won. I shut my mouth. Over-preparing is better. The hearing examiner didn't suspend the license or levy another fine. He gave her a year's probation without another hearing. The client and her parents are happy. Now I get to send them the bill. And you've been listening to Bill Bright tell, well, a nice lawyer story. Not an unpleasant one, but a really nice one. And by the way, we all hate lawyers until, of course, we need one. But we love them and hate them. And if you're a lawyer listening, well, I'm an ex-lawyer. Well, I never actually practiced, but I went to law school. So, so many of my friends are and live with this, live with this their whole lives, this duality, people loving and hating me. The story of Bill Bright defending a young girl in his hometown, teaching her to fight, and a judge giving the greatest lesson of all. When you've won, shut up. Bill Bright's story here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. And we continue with our American stories. And our next story comes to us from a man who's simply known as the History Guy. His videos are watched by hundreds of thousands of people of all ages over on YouTube. And the History Guy is also heard as a regular contributor here at Our American Stories. If you think of the quintessential American fruit, it would probably be the apple. But apples are not our cheapest fruit. Bananas are. But why? Here's the history guy with the story of the banana. Here's an interesting trivia question. Do you happen to know what item is most sold at Walmart? I'll give you a hint. It's a berry that grows from an herb, or if you come from the United Kingdom, a herb. Here's another hint. The herb is in the family Musicae, and the most popular version of this berry is called the Cavendish. And if you still don't know, does it help to know that it was among the first fruits to be domesticated by humans? That it is so historically important that empires have been built on it and governments overthrown because of it. And that comedians have made entire careers slipping on its peel. Some scientists estimate that the banana was domesticated as early as 8000 BC. And there's written evidence that the cultivation of bananas had reached India by 6000 BC. Thus, bananas were possibly domesticated at approximately the same time as rice and potatoes, predating the domestication of apples by millennia. The banana fruit is produced from the ovary of a single flower, in which the outer layer of the ovary wall develops into an edible fleshy portion. Thus, bananas are, by the botanical definition, a berry. 
There are more than a thousand species of wild banana in Southeast Asia, China, and the Indian subcontinent, producing a staggering array of fruits. The Musa Valentina, for example, produces a bright pink fuzzy banana, and the Go Sung Hang species is so aromatic that its Chinese name literally translates as, you can smell it from the next mountain. While bananas were likely first domesticated in Southeast Asia or Papua New Guinea, Arab traders carried bananas back home and introduced the fruit to the Middle East in the first or second millennium BC, and then took the fruit to the east coast of Africa. The fruit was then traded across the continent, eventually being cultivated in Western Africa. In fact, there are two competing stories for the etymology of the word banana. One posits that it comes from the Arabic word banana for finger, because early bananas would have been about the size of your finger. The other posits that the word was derived from a West African language. In 327 BC, Alexander and his armies discovered the banana during one of their campaigns in India, and introduced the delicious fruit to the Western world, particularly to Mediterranean countries. In the 6th century, the Portuguese discovered bananas on the Atlantic coast of Africa, and then they then cultivated the fruit on the Canary Islands, and from there it was introduced to the Americas by Spanish missionaries. Early cultivated bananas would not have been like what we buy at the supermarket today. Rather, wild bananas are full of seeds, hard enough to break your tooth, and would have been smashed and sieved to eat the soft fruit. Over time, farmers would have selected those bananas that had fewer seeds, but such bananas eventually would become so seedless that they could not be grown from seeds and the plants had to be reproduced asexually. The banana-rich culture we have today, the average American eats 28 and a half pounds of bananas each year, was the product of the 19th century. While bananas were being cultivated in plantations in the 15th and 16th centuries, those were red or green bananas that included a lot of starch and today would be called plantains. For the most part, they had to be cooked to be softened and eaten. In 1936, a farmer in Jamaica named Jean-Francois Peugeot discovered a banana plant on his plantation that, the result of random genetic mutation, was producing yellow bananas. The fruit was naturally sweet and soft enough to be eaten without cooking. This banana grew in tightly packed bunches and had a thick peel that resisted bruising, facilitating transport. Hundreds of cultivars of this banana mutation have evolved to give the world one of the greatest food breakthroughs in history supplying the world with the number one fruit grown to feed Earth's population, the modern yellow banana. The banana, originally called the Martinique banana, was so popular that the variety was cultivated all along the Caribbean coast in Central America. That type became known as the Gros Michel, or the Big Mike, and it was a game changer. Americans had seen bananas imported from Cuba early in the 19th century, but those were seen as merely a novelty. Likewise, bananas had been displayed in London in the 1600s, but again, the fruit was little more than an oddity. Economic and dietary changes, combined with the characteristics of the Gros Michel, created a massive trade. Imports into the U.S. gradually increased, especially at the end of the Civil War, but interest in imports really took off in the 1870s. In 1871, banana exports to the United States were valued at around $250,000. By the first year of the 20th century, the banana trade had exponentially ballooned to $6,400,000. Ten years later, it had effectively doubled again. So many bananas were imported onto the docks at the tip of lower Manhattan that the old slit piers became known as the banana docks. Fast, sometimes refrigerated boats built especially to carry bananas without spoiling were called banana boats. At one point, the United Fruit Company, now known as Chiquita Brands International, had the world's largest private fleet. 
The Big Mike facilitated the worldwide banana market and created the American and European love for the fruit. In 1904, a 23-year-old apprentice pharmacist at Tassel Pharmacy in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, named David Evans Strickler, invented the banana-based triple ice cream sundae, better known as the banana split, one of America's most popular desserts. The banana in that split was a Big Mike. And then a banana crisis. The Gros Michel had become a classic example of a monocrop. Big Mikes were grown from thousands of genetically identical plants. That allowed a specialization that facilitated mass production and distribution, but it revealed a vulnerability. If one tree was susceptible to a pest or blight, they all would be. That blight came in the form of Fusarium oxysporum, a fungus that caused the banana plant to rot with what is commonly called Panama disease. The blight was first identified in the 1870s, and the Gros Michel was particularly vulnerable to the blight. By the 1950s, it had spread all over the banana-producing world. As suddenly as it has risen, the banana market crashed. Some claim that the decline of the Big Mike inspired the popular song, Yes, We Have No Bananas. First recorded in 1923, the song was the single best-selling piece of sheet music for many decades. The solution to the problem came from an unexpected source, Derbyshire, England. In 1834, the Duke of Devonshire received a shipment of bananas from the Indian Ocean island of Mauritius. The Duke's friend and chief gardener, Sir Joseph Paxton, cultivated the bananas in the greenhouse at Chatworth House, the Duke's home in Derbyshire. Paxton named the variety Musa Cavendishi, named after the Duke, William Cavendish. The variety was then cultivated in the Canary Islands and commercially cultivated by 1904. But the Cavendish could not compete with the Big Mike, which had a better flavor and a thicker peel that made it easier to ship. But the Cavendish turned out to have one great advantage. It was resistant to Fusarium oxysporum. Because it was not as hardy, the Cavendish could not be as easily shipped in the natural cluster like the Gros Michel. The clusters had to be broken into bunches and then boxed, making the Cavendish more costly to ship. Still, Cavendish bananas represent nearly half of the bananas produced in the world today, and nearly all of the export market. If you buy a banana outside the tropics, it is almost certainly a Cavendish. The banana trade is so lucrative that it has driven more than a century of politics, especially in Central America and the Caribbean. American-based companies corrupted local governments in order to obtain exclusive production rights, and ran huge swaths of Central American countries as virtual corporate nations, Economic exploitation gave rise to violent labor movements, which drew the United States government into a series of conflicts throughout the region. Although the wars were not exclusively driven by the economic demands of the fruit companies, the series of conflicts became known as the Banana Wars. In 1911, a private army financed by the Cayamel Fruit Company orchestrated a coup d'etat in Honduras over a conflict with rival United Fruit Company for an exclusive contract for Honduran bananas. The unstable economies and governments caused by these interventions led American writer O. Henry to coin the term Banana Republic. Today the banana is the world's fourth major food behind rice, wheat, and milk. Americans alone eat more than three million tons of bananas each year, more than apples and oranges combined. But we all might again soon be singing Yes We Have No Bananas, as the Cavendish is proving vulnerable to mutated strains of Panama disease. Once again, the world's export bananas are tied to a single species, and that supply is under threat. The answer might come in the form of genetically modified Cavendishes, or even the return of the Big Mike, as scientists have been trying to breed a fungus-resistant version of the Big Mike ever since the first bike took hold 
in the 1900s. Or perhaps a new banana will rise to become king of the export market. And once again, we'll have to get used to a new banana. And a great job as always by Greg Hengler on the production. A special thanks to this great storytelling about, of all things, the banana. And by the way, you can hear the history guy on his own YouTube channel. The history guy, history deserves to be remembered. It's Walmart's biggest selling item. Who knew? 28 and a half pounds each year is what each American consumes. Who knew that? My goodness, I know I play my part. I'm way higher than 28 and a half pounds each year. The story of the banana, the story of America's and the world's most popular fruit, here on Our American Stories. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.